0: Hello, and welcome to On a Mission podcast, where we aim to inspire and educate through sharing stories and experiences in the real estate industry. It's hosted by Dina Frank, a licensed realtor in the state of Minnesota at REMAX Results, a good life group, and Kelly Tankey, loan originator NMLS 1599804 at Summit Mortgage Corporation NMLS 1041. We started this podcast so we could share real stories from real people on their experiences in the real estate industry and break down barriers. We hope that by sharing these stories and experiences, it helps you feel more confident and comfortable when it comes to buying or selling. If you find this information helpful, please subscribe, rate, and review wherever you listen to podcasts. And as always, enjoy. And now let's get to this week's episode. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about the pre-approval process and kind of the loan application process, so kind of the financial portion of getting started looking for a house. So um, we will dive into that, but first, we wanted to have a little bit of fun, and um, some of the podcasts we listen to do rapid-fire questions, and so we're going to start those off at the top of every show, or at, at least the beginning of these next couple of episodes. And it's really just so you can get to know us a little bit more. Um, you know, obviously we are in the real estate industry and professionals, but we're also human and like to have fun and it's fun to get to know people. So
1: yeah, it's diving a little bit deeper into who we are as people, right? Because we're humans and Um, though we are professionals, we've got, we've got that background also. So just piggybacking off of that.
0: Exactly. So since this is more about the finance stuff, this is Dina. I'm going to be asking Kelly, um, some questions. And so let's get right into it. So (laughs) we're going to start with a few questions and it's mainly going to be, um, just preferences. So Kelly, out of a condo, townhouse, or single-family home, which do you prefer?
1: Oh, You might have heard me giggle a little bit beforehand. I got a little nervous thinking about how I might answer some of these, but it's rapid fire, so here we go. Um, I am going to say oh, townhome because I have
0: one. <laughs> that's a good answer.
1: And it's all about preference, right? So that's that's what it boils down to. I don't want to have a... I don't want to have a single family home and have to take care of a lawn or um, a driveway and have to shovel, especially after the last, I don't know, couple of months of very intense weather, (laughs) winter weather.
0: (laughs) Yeah, all those people out there that are looking to purchase a single family home, definitely something to keep in mind. And we'll get into that, too, but just kind of as a heads up. All right. Next up, your favorite Minneapolis-St. Paul neighborhood.
1: I love the Uptown area. I'm in a different place in my life, so I enjoy um, being out in the suburbs, but I remember um, the best years of my life hanging out in Uptown. I really enjoy that neighborhood quite a bit. So um, I also will say guiltily that um, while I'm in the real estate industry and have gotten to know some of those other neighborhoods, I just haven't had an opportunity to really explore a ton of them though. Like you guys get to on the real
0: estate side. I know. And I have a really hard time deciding I go back and forth. So, but I'll answer mine oh next. Gosh, maybe actually, can I change my answer.
1: The Linden Hills area. Oh, Ooh,
0: good one. So beautiful. Linden so Hills beautiful. is beautiful. Next up, another favorite, favorite restaurant. Angelina's here in Woodbury. I'm a big, um, I
1: I really love Italian food, and uh, they have a really good mix up there. So I know that that might be hard for some people who actually live in the city limits of Minneapolis or Saint Paul. But um, if you dare to venture out into the burbs, um, Angelina's and Woodbury is an all-time favorite.
0: And what's their parking situation like? Because that's a big determinant for me in restaurants. I care about parking.
1: Um, it is it the parking situation. You probably would not have a hard time finding a parking spot.
0: So. Love those suburban restaurants with parking lots. That was a good
1: question. <laughs>
0: Thank you. Yeah, I mean, I hate when you go to a restaurant and it's like the parking is limited. I'm just yes. like, I'm never coming here again, even if it's yes. the best food ever. Um, next up, kind of switching it up a little bit, what's your biggest accomplishment? Oh,
1: so I, well, and you were actually there. So at the beginning of February, I was um, presented the opportunity to uh, speak on a panel um, with a couple other realtors and mortgage lenders. And for some of you who may be listening that know me very well, Public speaking. I mean, the general population would rather die than actually speak in front of um, in front of people. But you know, when this opportunity came up, I decided that I was going to put my fears aside and do that. And I'm really glad I did because I think that that was a, a huge leap in growth. And I would highly suggest if any of you out there have the opportunity to do something like that, whether it's speaking on a panel or, um, (laughs) getting up though, as we are adults, I'm not sure how much more that opportunity comes up unless you're just in that realm, but take the opportunity to just, um, overcome that fear. So that was, that was a huge, huge accomplishment for me. So, and I was glad to have Dina there by my side.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. I can't remember. I was listening to a Rachel Hollis, episode and I, it was either Lewis Howes or Brendan Bouchard. I think it was Brendan Bouchard who grew up, he like grew up in Wyoming and like his largest fear was public speaking. And now he is a professional speaker. Like, so it really is just practicing what, like either your weaknesses or your fears and really leaning into that. And he basically said, I knew I had to overcome it because what I had to say was more important than that fear. So I think that was, like, really incredible. So that's awesome. Awesome. And lastly, just kind of finishing up this series, and we'll do this kind of at the beginning so, you know, throughout people can get to know us. Mm -hmm. Um, But lastly, what would your vacation home or rental home dream location be? Oh, my
1: gosh. These are kind of tough questions. I – oh, my gosh. So – for me, I am the type of person that really enjoys being by the ocean. So, I mean, if if money was not an issue and um, we had just uh, influx of it, I would say probably Bora Bora. <laughs> yeah. You know those like little tiki huts and stuff, and they've got I would I would love 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 an opportunity for a vacation home in that t- type of setting.
0: Yes, please. Sign me up. <laughs> I would rent that vacation home from you when you're not there.
1: Yeah, i just do uh, the Airbnb. How about that?
0: <laughs> Perfect. Thanks. Yeah, definitely. So, so nice rapid fire. yeah, hopefully that was a little bit of fun and you guys learned some stuff about Kelly and maybe me too a little bit. Uh, Got to yes. get my jabs in there. So, So next up, um, we will get into the meat of the episode, and really, we just want to, you know, share this information because we know that it can be intimidating and kind of, you know, people have a lot of questions, and maybe they don't know where to start when they are looking for a home and looking to get a loan application going. So I think to start off, Kelly... Um, Talking about, you know, if somebody reaches out to you and says, Hey, Kel, I'm looking for, I'm looking to purchase my first home, you know, what are kind of their big questions and how do you handle that application and just that first initial conversation to kind of set expectations with them?
1: So, what I'd like to do is give kind of a high level overview so we're not diving too much into the weeds, but I would say, Let's let's pull it back here a little bit and start off with, um, initially. If I if so, if somebody's referred to me or I have a friend that's reaching out to me, I always like to have either an initial phone con- consultation if our schedules just aren't working out that we could meet each other in person. But I want to get to know goals your goals around purchasing a home, because I think that that's really important. This is one of the biggest investments of someone's life, potentially, you know, I mean, who knows, but that's a lot of money that's going to be divvied out. And so for that reason alone, I want to know um, some of those finer details and get you know, if it's somebody that's referred to me that I don't know a lick of about, then I want to get to know them maybe on a personal level also because, you know, this is over the next 30 to 45, maybe 60 days tops. um, We're going to be working pretty closely together. So you have to feel comfortable and I have to feel comfortable.
0: And what do you think some of the common goals or the reoccurring goals that you see are? Is it investing, equity, like, maybe talk give people an idea of what those goals could be
1: yeah well I mean it really depends on the buyer themselves and you know if it's a first-time home buyer reoccurringly what I'm seeing is um, I want <laughs> I want to maybe have something that is um, close to the amount that I'm spending in rent sure. because rent amounts are pretty high right now so um, they want to keep it pretty, pretty close to that. Now, for the most part, a lot of a lot of first time homebuyers are going to know that that price point is going to go up just a little bit because you're factoring in utilities and some of those other things. But you're also factoring out other things like pet rent and parking. So, um, I would say for the most part, what I have seen is a lot of first time home buyers and wanting to keep that that monthly payment. Um, as, as minimal as possible because sure. it is their first home and um, they don't want to they don't want to overextend themselves nor would I want them to overextend themselves either so
0: yeah and it is kind of an intimidating or scary first step but it is a way to get started is mm-hmm. definitely keeping that rent or that mortgage about the same as rent yeah. yep so okay so that kind of leads me to the next question as far as, you know, what do you see as some people's biggest hangups or hurdles or fears when they come to you as first-time home buyers? Like what is the reoccurring, you know, oh, you know, how much is this gonna cost me? Or, you know, mm-hmm. what does what does this application process look like? Oh
1: yes. Listen, people, I know that there's a lot of unknowns out there, but I think that what I have seen most of the time is People get so hung up because they think that they have to pay money up front. They are like, well, how much is this going to cost me? And I'm here to tell you that it's not going to cost you any money initially. I mean, it'll there's, there's going to be the cash to close later on once we wrap things up, and we'll dive deeper into all of that later. But um, as far as like an application and paying an application fee or – um, I don't know. I, that's I would say a lot of people have this fear that there's this money that they have to shell up up front, and um, there's really no obligations except having that initial phone conversation or sit down to go over your goals because um, we've got to know really what all of the upfront um, income and all of the liabilities, all of that stuff. We want to get to know what that looks like first, but you know, outside of that initial phone conversation or sit down and a credit poll, it doesn't cost you anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is. I know I sometimes get people that, you know, are asking me because they haven't been pre-approved yet. You know, I meet them at an open house or, you know, get their information via Zillow ads or something like that, and they're always, well, I haven't gotten pre-approved yet because I don't have... I don't know how much it's going to cost. And so I think that's really huge for people. So kind of talk to me about after, you know, after you have that initial phone call, um, you know, the pre-approval versus pre-qualification and kind of that conversation that you have with them when you're addressing budget. So, you know, what they can afford versus what they're getting pre-approved from and kind of that whole situation.
1: Great question. So um, initially having that phone conversation or the sit-down conversation, um, what we can do is actually go over those upfront costs. You know, if they feel comfortable having, having that conversation initially. I mean, here's the deal. I'm going to end up seeing those numbers anyways. So um, the more open and honest one can be as you're going through the process, the better. But, you know, let's talk about the pre-qualification versus the pre-approval. Um, one is official, <laughs> giving you the official go to um, go out and start looking at homes, and you know um, walk hand in hand with a realtor like Dina, and actually stepping foot in a home um, versus one that just says, okay, well, generally speaking, based off of the numbers that you have given me right now, um, I could pre-qualify you for this amount. We're not going to know until you officially um, go through a credit pull which would pull you away from a pre-qualification status to a pre-approval status. So for me, when, when we're going from one to the other, um, obviously the credit pull is going to be the biggest thing to give me a broad understanding of where your debts are and then um, collecting documentation up front so that I can verify what's been submitted in the application or talked about up front.
0: Yeah, I think that's all really helpful. And it, you know, I think it's important for people to understand that there's still no obligation when that happens. It's just going to give them a better understanding of what they can really afford, taking into account you know, any potential debts or liabilities, so student loans, car payment, credit card payment, Um, and can you talk a little bit about maybe how all of that gets factored into their overall budget, and I think at this point, you know, we do just want to put out a disclaimer that this is in no way a guarantee to lend, Um, this, this is just hypothetical, like, you know, so you guys are sitting at home or in your car thinking about buying a house, just kind of giving you things to think about so that you're ready when you're re- when the next time or the next step comes up. So it's like you kind of have your ducks in a row or you kind of have an understanding of what Kelly is going to be looking for mm-hmm. um, when you reach out to her. So just want to put that disclaimer out there. But I think it's important stuff to talk about so people have an understanding.
1: Yeah. So, I, you know, I think you covered a lot of it okay. where you've got... <laughs> Dina's so smart, you guys. She really is. Um, she's she's very educated, which is something that I like about her as a realtor. She knows the ins and outs here on the financial side, and I would say that I'm first on the real estate side too. Yeah, um, for sure. But, yeah, I mean, really what, what we're... When you're going through that credit pull, I mean, even before that, you can actually look at um, where your debts are. So student loans, right? That's a majority of the population (laughs) has it. So if I'm having a phone conversation with somebody and they're like, well, you know, I've got so many student loans, join the club, (laughs) like we all do. You aren't alone. You are not alone (laughs) in this. So um, student loans is, you know, that's going to be one of them. Um, Installment loans, like, uh, auto loan, um, <laughs> recreational, <laughs> <laughs> furniture, Loans, furniture. Well, and that that could also fall under the category of um, that'll that would probably fall under revolving accounts like credit cards, because um, like you take Slumberland for Slumberland Ashley home furniture. Um, if you're um, buying a ton of furniture there, you're most likely taking out a credit card to to do so. So, or opening up an account with them, and so that falls underneath the um, the revolving or credit card accounts. Um, outside of that, am I am I touching on? Am I am I going anywhere with this? Like, <laughs> I think just
0: looking at the different kinds of credit yeah. and understanding like what your maybe your minimum monthly payments are versus your income, and just kind of understanding. Yeah, you know, so, what that looks like from either a percentage standpoint sure. or... Oh,
1: now we're kind of getting into the weeds here a little bit. Okay, so, you know, those are those are some of the most reoccurring credit lines that I see as I'm going through the credit report. But what I'm looking for, the biggest thing I'm looking for, is to make sure that our debt-to-income ratio, so stacking up, that's this is like the... For lack of better words, the easiest way for me to put it stacking up all of those debts versus the amount of income that you have coming through. Now, different loan products are going to allow different debt to income ratios. So I would say keeping it at or under 40 to 43 percent, you know, debt to income ratio. That's what I'm looking for. I don't, and truly, truly, this goes back to that initial conversation of what are your goals. Sure. I want to, I don't want you to be close to that because then it puts us into a whole different situation um, after you put in an offer and we're going through underwriting because you just never know what could happen. So,
0: yeah, and that's where those terms of like house poor or, you know, kind of yeah. pushing the limit happen. So, um, yeah, I think that's a good general overview. Is there anything else you want to cover from like that initial conversation or things that people should think about when they're, you know, getting ready to get a pre-approval before they go out house hunting?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I think you can agree with me on this. I think taking a holistic approach to this. So you've got your mortgage lender and you've got your realtor, but what about your financial advisor? Sure. That's a great point. Maybe having that sit down conversation with your financial advisor and saying, guess what? This is where our, my next steps or our next steps are going. This is the direction we want to go. Is it feasible? Do you think it makes sense? Because if you're really in line with your financial advisor, um, then they're going to say, you know what, let's take a, 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 a fine tooth comb and really go through the finances and see if this makes sense. Um, And they may even bring up the, the uh, around the down payment, you know, like what do you, what do you logically have right now in savings? Um, And if you don't have a financial advisor, that's okay. That's fine. I mean, I would say there's, there's probably, you know, 50, 50, 50% of people that come to me and I'm asking the question they do not. And you know, 50% of them do. So I would say having that sit-down conversation with a financial advisor initially, um, if you do have one, is gonna be very beneficial because then you're taking that holistic approach.
0: Sure. Yeah, I think that's a great uh, call out and honestly one I would have never thought of. So <laughs> I like that yeah. I like that mindset. So yeah, um, any I can't think of anything, anything else, else right now, and I bet I bet yeah.
1: As soon as I as soon as we finish up and wrap everything up, I'm going to probably think, oh, shoot, I should have talked about that. But, um, you know, that's that's why we provide our contact information. If you do have questions that come up from the episode, then you can always contact us.
0: Yeah, or just hang on to your hats for the next episode. Sure. Maybe it'll be in there, but yeah, we will uh we'll put all of our contact information in the show notes and um you can find either of us on we're both pretty active on our Facebook uh business pages. So I'm Dina Frank, Remax Results the Pro Team MN, I believe. Um it just, you know, it just pulls up automatically. So um, or I think you can search Dina Frank Realtor, and I will be there. And where can they find you?
1: I would, I would just say if you searched Kelly Tanky on Facebook, um, I'm also pretty active on Instagram. And then LinkedIn.
0: Oh, yeah. LinkedIn, LinkedIn. is a good one,
1: too. So, um, yeah. Oh, or in the show notes, you'll see the the proper spelling of our names. So I, would say, I don't know off the top of my head what my business page is for Facebook, but
0: yeah (laughs) it's one of those things you know you just create it and then you you go with it so hope you guys all enjoyed this episode and if you have any questions reach out to us like we said in the show notes our contact information will be there and we look forward to helping you throughout the home buying process
1: have a great day everyone
0: bye
1: thanks for listening to on a mission where our goal is to educate and inspire If you loved this episode, it would mean the world to us to help spread the message. It takes 30 seconds to rate and review, then share this episode with your friends. Let's spread the love. Until the next episode, cheers to your mission. Bye.